Player 2 has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player 2 has entered the podcast. And a merry, merry, very merry, happy, wappy, good time, Thanksgiving. <laughs> happy Turkey Day. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> I am your co-host with the... Mike Peterson, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks, and with me as always is my co-host with the... <laughs> Derek Merkerson, a.k.a. Full Metal Merc. A.k.a. Food Coma. Right. <laughs> Am I right? Uh-huh. <laughs> How many leftovers do you have? Oh, we've got a bunch, man. Bro. We've got so much. That's awesome. What'd you cook? I didn't cook anything. <laughs> okay, no, what, uh, what did y'all cook? Right. Vicky, she cooked... Five cheese, macaroni, Yo. mashed potatoes, sweet Yo. potato fries with mm-hmm. some nice drizzle on there. Mm-hmm. Veronica made some uh, salmon with like a teriyaki type of topping or something like that. Okay, Sauce. go Veronica. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was, uh, it was flame. It was flame. It was flame. Mm. Cool, and we cool, forgot cool. about the king's Hawaiian rolls, so we just didn't eat any. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Well, I mean, I think I mentioned it on the show before. My bubble consists of two households, my house and my in-laws. And so we went to my in-laws and we all gathered together. And we ordered a lot of our food and just cooked a couple of things. So that way we had a mix of both. We ended up having turkey, sweet potatoes. I didn't like sweet potatoes. They were It was basically like sweet potato soup. Oh. Yeah, I wasn't into it. Uh, stuffing, green beans, Mac and cheese as well. Mac and cheese was doctored up because mm-hmm. I, I saw her add more cheese and throw it in the yeah. oven. And that mac and cheese did not make it to leftovers. After two meals, it was done. So right. we had Thanksgiving and then we had dinner together Friday night and uh, the mac and cheese was ended. Yeah. There's a saying in the Murchison household. It's when in doubt cheese. There you go. We had scallop potatoes. Scallop potatoes Ooh. had a ton of cheese. Yeah. Now, Kristen actually made the scallop potatoes. She made scallop potatoes, corn pudding. And carrot cake. Mm, and and we also good. had probably what I would characterize as the best pecan pie I've had in my life. Mm. It wasn't like overly gelatinous. Like right. the pecans themselves were candied and that's where like the main sweetness came from. And I was okay. like, y'all did it correctly. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for that. Because I'm not a huge fan of pecan pie. Yeah. No, I'm not either. And it, it's typically because it's less pecan, more goo. Yeah. More sugar you know? goo. Yeah. No, no. They... It was it was like loaded with pecans and they were candied and like cooked to perfection and sweet and delicious. So that's how you do. Mm. That's how you do. So, yeah, we got some leftover stuffing, scalloped potatoes, lots of turkey. Turkey was pretty good. It's pretty moist. It's hard to do. You know how turkey do turkey dry. Mm -hmm. I'm a proponent of we don't need to have turkey. I'm like, you know, we could have chicken. Turkey's dry. Yeah. Yeah, we actually had Veronica, had her uh, boyfriend come over and we played like Monopoly on the PS4 and mm. whatnot. I don't like Monopoly. I was like, <laughs> I just, I don't like it. So I no, just, I don't either. Yeah, so when I went out, ran out of money, instead of leveraging my properties, I was just like, ah, I'm just going to go bankrupt. <laughs> it's funner to watch, guys. Yeah, sometimes when you play a game and it goes on too long, I think we've all done it where you're just like, I'm about to, I'm about to tank so I can leave because I'm right. tired of, I'm like, you feel trapped. Mm-hmm. You ever play a game that was so long and so complicated that you won and you were still salty? Yep. Yeah. It's like I've wasted a lot of my life on that, man. Yeah. Of all the decisions that I regret the most, some of the ones that stick out to me are when I go to a party and I look around and there are some nerds sitting around a table and I decide to sit there and join their game. And I should have wow. just grabbed a drink and started talking to people yep. uh, because they were like, we're about to play this space game. 
let me explain the rules to you for 15 minutes. And then out of right. courtesy, 10 minutes in, I can't be like, you know what? That sounds terrible. I'm leaving you know now. What? I'm good, bro. <laughs> but that's the difference between 20-year-old me and 40-year-old me. Because nowadays, I would immediately go, that sounds terrible. Bye. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got time for politeness. You know, yeah. I, I yeah. got one life to live, y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we actually ended up playing uh, Fibbage after that. A Fibbage is of, fun. A lot of Fibbage. You put, Fibbage you put us on hard. <laughs> i love, love that yeah yeah jackbox games in general are pretty fun especially mm-hmm. if you get a good group together that's a lot you know really silly oh, and that bomb core game have you played that one no what's bomb core so basically you work at this company you have to defuse this bomb and mm. each person on their phone gets a different rule yeah and they're always so confusing and jumbled <laughs> we were all so confused and at one point i was just like let me just blow us up and cut the wrong thing because this is <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you just got to go for the blue wire. Yeah, you know? but the rule will tell you not to go for the blue wire. Unless okay. It's like to like now grab the number, red wire or something. <laughs> grab the grab the red wire and put it where the blue wire was, but don't touch the oh wires. Oh my god! That, but grab the blue. It was worth a shot. <laughs> that Mandalorian was super funny. Was yeah, like, that's that exactly what episode. it's like to have a kid. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Every episode, I'm thinking like his cuteness is gonna run out. You know, I'm gonna get it used to it. It doesn't. So. I want to mention, we talked about this a little bit over the phone during the week. When I edited last week's episode, one of our loyal listeners had given us feedback about how we miss each other's jokes or we don't react to each other the way that you would expect. Uh-huh. And I, I've actually heard that on other podcasts, too. <laughs> I heard one guy make a really funny joke. I laughed really hard. The rest of the, the hosts didn't. But then he was actually like, guys, I'm really hurt. I made this really funny joke and none of you reacted. Right. <laughs> and I think that up to this point, I've been so focused on reading ahead on the notes and making sure that I had the next topic in mind so we could keep things moving smoothly. Not really thinking about the fact that I edit these. Right. So if there's a space where I have to stop and look for the next thing, I can do that, right? Right. So here's my promise to you so I don't miss any more tummies jokes. Okay. <laughs> I will just stare off into the void and listen to you intently. We will have these conversations and then we're ready to move to the next subject. Then I will glance at my notes and then back to the void. If you fulfill your promise, you have made me a very happy man. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about it too. Like we, we have similar senses of humor and we like to pass off quick, dry, understated jokes, mm-hmm. which works when you're face to face. Like when we're in the same room, I think it'll be a little easier, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you're trying to like keep a flow going and you're, you're feeling like organized and in your podcast headspace, it's really easy to miss that type of stuff. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to try to be mindful. We've gotten some feedback and we listen to our listeners, you know? Yeah. So we remember, if you have feedback, mcpaperstacks at gmail.com. We appreciate you. Oh, yeah. All right. Now let me glance at my notes for the next thing. Okay. So you had mentioned something last week, and upon editing and looking at our notes, I noticed that we forgot to talk about it. It was in regards to a certain voice actor that may have passed away. Yeah, so Kirby Morrow, he voiced Moroku on Inuyasha, Mm. Cyclops on X-Men Evolution, and Goku Mm. in the ocean dub of Dragon Ball Z passed away at 47 about a week and a half ago. There was no cause of death revealed. Uh, It's very unfortunate because... When I first started watching Dragon Ball Z, like he was the voice actor that I knew. Mm. And when I found out that there were many different dubs, I was like, oh, why does this Goku sound different? Oh, because it's a different dub. Because I didn't, I didn't know much about like dubs and the different companies get the license to do different dubs. And it's just, yeah. So 
Yeah, it can be it's, complicated. But yeah, it's really sad because uh, he was supposed to come back as Moroku in the uh, Inuyasha uh, sequel series, Yashi Yashahime, mm-hmm. Princess Half Demon. But yeah, it's it's tragic. You hate to see it. Yeah, that's too bad. All right, well, rest in peace, Kirby. You got fans. We appreciate you. Yeah. And all the work that you did. It's unf- mm-hmm. 47, man. That's so young. I know. <sighs> man, we lost a lot of good people this year, dude. Mm-hmm. Speaking of this it's year. It's almost over, though. Yeah, I was going to say, it's almost over. And I'm I'm hoping unless, for a... What, unless, unless, unless 2021 is 2020, the sequel. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm already seeing things looking up. Like, not to get too political, because we never get political on this show. Mm. But... <laughs> But I, I feel like having, you know, again, he was not my first choice, not my second. I could keep saying not my, but Biden is not Trump. <laughs> and he is actually going to at least keep up the pretense of listening to reason. And that includes taking this, I mean, like any normal person would, taking this virus seriously without a hint of, you know, being an egomaniac or like how it benefits him personally. Right. right. And we got a couple of vaccines on the way. I'm really hoping I don't think it's going to be as fast as people think, but I do think that we're in the, the final stretch, right? Yeah, the final stretch could be nine months, could be six months, could be two months. I don't know what that final stretch looks like, but I do feel like we're in that last leg and things are going to get better. And that that's my hope. Yeah. So also a lot of cool stuff is coming out next year for video games. So that's nice. Oh, yeah. Also video games. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, yeah, what, what other news you got this week? What other non-gaming-related news? Yeah, so we Nerd got, news. Yeah, we got some anime news. Attack on Titan, final season, episode one, will release on December 6th, 7th, and 11th on Crunchyroll, Funimation, and Netflix, Philippines, and Malaysia. Ooh, so um, get your ha- uh, Nord VPNs. You can watch exactly. your Netflix in the Philippines, baby. Exactly. Now, it won't release on Netflix all at once. It mm. will be one episode a week. Okay. But I, for one, cannot wait. I read the manga. I am caught up, and it's going to blow people's minds. Have you played any of the Attack on Titan games? I played a demo, and I'm not a fan. Not you didn't fan. like the gameplay loop? Yeah. yeah. I feel like it was a little complicated to get used to with all the swinging around and stuff and the momentum, but I feel right. like it could be something worthwhile. I had a couple of chances to pick them up. It, Man, your side of the game, I know you understand this, because I definitely understand this as a buyer. You go and you get an offer for somebody to buy your stuff and then you show up to meet them and they don't show up. Yeah. Yeah. That happened to me a lot as a buyer. Like this guy would be like, I'm going to sell all these games. And I'm like, word that cheap. I'm coming. Where are you at? I'm leaving this family reunion. I'm at to come meet you at McDonald's. Never shows up. And I'm like, dang, I could have hung around with my family and right. did family. Man, just family ruined my stuff. whole day. Jeez. Man. Jeez. Oh, well. So. Yeah, I've had a couple of chances to get it, and they just kind of fell through, and I haven't pursued it, like, really hard. So, if I see it for cheap, you know, I am talking to my number one thrifter guy. Mm-hmm. If you happen to see <laughs> um, Attack on Titan for cheap, like, I don't know, like, 15 bucks or less, I'll probably grab it from you. Okay. I actually might have a copy of it. Word? Okay. Yeah. Well, we can talk about see. that all- offline. Yeah. Yeah, baby. What other news you got? For fight fans. Uh, fight fans. Actually... Uh, since it's being recorded on Saturday, the results of this fight will already have been posted. But Mike Tyson is fighting Roy Jones Jr. tonight or Saturday at yeah. 9 p.m. November 28th. Yeah. And I look forward to watching it on YouTube tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Or today, check Sunday. Out, check out the highlights. So how old is Roy Jones Jr.? Oh, my goodness. Let me I have to look. They're both old. 
So it's an old man fight. Okay. Yeah, it's an old man fight. I saw an interview that Mike Tyson did on Jimmy Kimmel recently, and Jimmy asked Mike if he could beat his 20-year-old self, and the correct answer is no. Right. He was a monster, but Mike Tyson said, yeah, I could, because he doesn't understand this power, and he's a little bit too headstrong, and, and he, he he's not focused, and I'm like, yeah, but he's also immensely stronger than you are and way faster are you kidding me so uh yeah roy jones jr is 51 years old okay and mike tyson is 54 (laughs) years old 54 Mm. yeah and i actually saw part of an interview that he did on sugar ray leonard's podcast Mm -hmm. and it scared me it really did because he was crying he's like and it's just you know i sometimes i feel like a bitch because you know, I'm not that person anymore, but I miss him. But I know if he comes back, he's bringing hell with him. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Mike Tyson is, um, I don't want to be offensive and say he's punchy, but he's definitely, um, he's off center. Like, he's. Oh, he's crazy. I, w- I wouldn't want to, me- yeah, I wouldn't want to yeah, mess with him. Yeah. So. That's what I, I, I was telling Vicky, I said, he's, he's probably the best to ever do it because he's so crazy. True. Or one of the best to ever do it. Like, he, I mean. I, I, Oof. Seeing no, him train no. at fifty four mm-hmm. is like watching him train at twenty. Yeah, like he he's nasty. he's intense. He's yeah, focused. He's crazy. So I'm scared for Roy. Yeah, yeah. In another interview, uh, they were talking about how it's only going to be two minute rounds, and uh, Mike Tyson said, "Well, it only takes two seconds to knock somebody out." <laughs> I, you know what? I heard him make that joke too. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I mean, "Oh my god!" He's I'm like, so "You know, I I knock people out before people even had a chance to sit down." So I don't know. Yeah. And he is, I mean, if you recall, of all the people who have fought in the ring, there's only been a select handful that have bitten the ear off of another man. Exactly. And by select fan- handful, I mean just one. one. It was it was Mike Tyson. So oh, poor Evander. Yeah, that's um. How you gonna bite somebody's ear? Yeah, that's that's that's. Vicky was like, yeah, and he was losing that fight too. I was like, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. yeah that's well, why you can bite the ear. You do what you gotta do to to. I guess I don't know. It's I didn't amazing. think it was it's life funny, or death. It's funny, like, 20 years later, we're still talking about this. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, of all the crazy stuff that has happened in our lifetime, most of it backloaded here in the last couple of years, mm. that's one of the crazier things, for sure. Yeah. So, all right, Mike Tyson. So, I was looking something up that I had bought earlier in May this year, because I want to talk about what I'm feeling this week, and it's something that just continues to serve me well. It's a purchase I'm pleased with. So. Okay. I'll get to what that is later on in the show, but I went to search my purchases on Amazon for 2020. Do Uh-oh. you want to guess how many things my household, me and my wife, have purchased from Amazon in 2020? 213. You know what? Not a bad guess. 156. Oh. Which is like three times as much of the stuff we ordered last year. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. we. I looked through. It was just office supplies for working from home and the kids books and stuff for Ben video games, right? Just supplies like Asian food market items. I didn't want to have to go to Saraga's for like just Mm -hmm. all kinds of odds and ends. Like we really went in on ordering stuff this year. I don't know. Might be a fun activity. Go to your Amazon and then look at your your past orders and, and filter for 2020. See what you get. I don't even want to look. Maybe order so much stuff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's so she funny. just ordered a, a vacuum cleaner it was for uh vacuuming up baking soda when Nora pees on something mm. 
and <laughs> we got it today and it only has a car adapter <laughs> i said oh so it's basically useless oh so it can't charge it's supposed to be specifically for a car yeah, it might be able to charge independently. I don't know yet, but mm. yeah, so far that that seems to be the case. But I was like, okay, well, I guess we got a vacuum cleaner or, or a hand cleaner. Whoops. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess we're gonna have a real clean car. Right. Psych. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let me ask you this week then, just to kind of move it along. What you uh, what you playing this week? What video games? Let's talk video games. Yes, yeah. I'm playing. Trails of Cold Steel 4, I was up until 4 last mm. night playing it, ah. and the reason I was up so late, I was going to go to sleep at like 1 or 2, but mm. of course my daughter, Nora, she took a nap at around, uh, I want to say like 5. She still takes like, naps? Well, it wasn't really a nap, because she wakes up so early in the morning, and mm. she's so tired, oh. so she ends up falling asleep early, so she fell asleep at like 5, and woke up at like 12. Wow. And so she was up from 12 to like 9 this morning, and now she's asleep. Yes. But, yeah. So I just kind of stayed up with her so that Vicky could get some sleep, because Vicky's usually the one that wakes up early in the morning and tends to her. Mm. She's like, Mommy. Oh. Mommy. That's messed up. Can I watch more full? Can I have cereal? Can I have juice? Can I? <laughs> and just, juice? Yeah. She doesn't say it like that anymore, but... <laughs> I know, but it's still cute. Yeah, but... Yes. Uh, yeah, Trails of Cold Steel 4. I am on the final boss. Mm. So I am... I almost did it last night, but I was like, let me take my ass to bed. But I will have that beat probably today or tomorrow, and we will talk about it next week. Cool, cool. You know, one of life's small pleasures is getting right up to the end of a game, and you're getting ready to beat it. And like you said, it's really late and you've already been playing it for several hours and you're like, you know what? I'm going to set this down. And when right. I come back, it's on. You're my bitch tomorrow, boy. Yeah. <laughs> like just having the self-control to be like, I'm setting this down. When I come back, it's over. Yeah. I mean, is it really self-control though? <laughs> you've been playing it for five hours. Depending on how tired you are, I guess you're just like, I can't, I can't. But no, I, I like uh, kind of, it's kind of like savoring the last bite of a high class dessert, you know, mm -hmm. just being like. I'm going to hold off for just a second. I'm going to look at you. Right. And I'm really going to take this in. Mm -hmm. So you're well rested. You're ready to go. You haven't been playing. You're comfortable. You sit down. Boom. You get into it. Yeah. So climactic. This this brings up a question I want to ask you. You know, okay. let's uh, let's 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 tangent. We haven't tangent in a while. Yeah. Let's get some Please. tangents going. All right. So I want to ask you climactic ending battles in video games. Okay. Off the top of the dome. What game or games, if you can think of a couple at the same time, but don't think too hard. Okay. What what game like where you were like, wow, this ending is fantastic. I'm having a great time. This is so hype and epic. <sighs> of course, I could say Final Fantasy X. Okay. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance comes to mind. Okay. Because if you have, spoiler alert for Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, you fight the president of the United States who has infused himself with nanobots. Mm -hmm. And he's like a complete, like hard, just big muscle... And he's basically black from <laughs> from the neck down, mm -hmm. and he's just you can't bear, you can't cut through him, and it's just a lot. And there's Metal Gears involved, and it's mm -hmm. it's insane. Kingdom Hearts two, as you know, is my favorite game. That was pretty epic. I agree yeah, with that. like that 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 was one where I would save before the, I save before the last boss fight, and I would replay it continuously over. Yeah, and over teaming and over. up with Roku. That was a Roku Riku. Riku. Yeah. <laughs> teaming, <laughs> teaming up with, up with that Roku. That old that old ass streaming thing box that never worked right. <laughs> right. We sure showed Zimnis that day. 
<laughs> but <laughs> me, me and you, Apple TV, we're gonna take them down. Right. But yeah, no, that uh, Zim is pulling out the lightsabers and just yeah. that whole fight was. And every time, uh, <laughs> you remember when he uh was about to throw throw one of them into the air, and he's like, "We shall go together." Mm-hmm. I always say that to Vicky, and I know that she doesn't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Because when she's like, "Let's go do this or let's do this," I'm like, "We shall go together." She just looks. At, she just looks at me. <laughs> I'm like, damn it! No one have, else is playing this. Yeah, I have stuff that I say like that all the time, and sometimes I get fed up, and I'm just I show my wife the thing like for for the longest, and I've already showed her this movie. But the thing is, I think I told you this before. When I first met my wife, she hadn't seen a whole lot of movies. I think she's seen like one. So I had to like just bum rush through you know so many years of pop culture like mm-hmm. movies and all that. And one of the movies I showed her in the midst of that haze when we first met was The Last Dragon. So, of course, yeah. she remembered nothing from it. Right. So I'm quoting The Last Dragon a lot. And she's looking at me with that blank stare of, I don't know what you're referencing. And I'm like, we're watching this damn thing again. Mm-hmm. So we recently rewatched it. And now it's kind of more fresh in her mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm hoping the next time I'm like, uh, I start singing about heaven and elevators, she'll know what I'm talking about. Right. Never say never. <laughs> At heaven's elevator door. Yeah, the best so, part about singing that song is is opening your eyes real wide and looking insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got a confession. I've never seen The Last Dragon. Shut the hell up. Yeah, I've never seen it. It's Are you kidding me? It's always been on my list. I just haven't seen it. Brother, we have to watch that soon. Oh, yeah, totally. Really soon. Yeah. Oh, my and God. So, uh, this, that's been happening a lot with me lately, too, like... Quoting stuff from movies, and she doesn't know what I'm talking about. Mm. So she hasn't seen any of the Tobey Maguire Spider Mans. <laughs> she doesn't because she hates Tobey Maguire. <laughs> the other day, you were like, "Boom, so yeah, exactly. he's ready. Boom, so he's ready." You know what? <laughs> Most of the quotes that you do are just from that. Just show her that scene on YouTube. Yeah, no, I did, I did. <laughs> and she was like, "Now she like cracks up every time I say it." That's cool. So I'm like, yay. And uh, speaking of movies we haven't seen in a long time, mm. I watched The Golden Child for the first time since I was a child last yeah. night, and I got her to watch it with me. Cool. And it's the like the first like older movie that I've seen that we've been able to finish because she always like gets disinterested, yeah, and or uninterested, and then I just never finish it because I don't want to watch it by myself. I'm watch the it Golden Child is Buck Wild, man. So man, I can see how that is. would keep her attention. Yeah, but it is it is not good. <laughs> I rewatched Aww. it. I mean it's it's not. Like I still love it, but it is maybe not I good. maybe I need to rewatch it because I've had that movie memorized because I used to watch it a ton when I was in college. Yeah. And then, you know, of course I, I saw it when I was a kid too. I rediscovered it on DVD in my late teens. Yeah. And I think I had it on VHS and DVD. But I would just watch it over and over and over. I've been watching it since I was like 15 up through my 20s. And then finally I got tired of it and I set it down. Yeah. You know, in my little Eddie Murphy collection mm-hmm. of all his funny <laughs> movies pre, pre-Metro. pre uh, 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 I, I want, want the knife. <laughs> I want the knife. Don't spill Please. any water. <laughs> that movie is so quotable. You're right, though. I guess objectively it is kind of a bad movie, but I just, my dear brother Noomsi. Yeah, my sweet brother Noomsi. <laughs> my brother has forgiven me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. It's wild. Some of that. Viva and, uh, Yeah, and Sardo Noomspa, who is yeah. the villain, is actually played by uh, Charles Dance, who played mm-hmm. Tywin Lannister. The great Charles Dance. Yes. 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 Yeah, no, he's so, awesome in that. Yeah. Oh, oh, so this is crazy. When we were watching it. They actually, he goofed a line. Yeah. And they kept it in. Yeah. Yeah. He said the Ajanti dagger. 
he said, "Tell me where the egg, egg Yanti dagger. dagger is." He I didn't. Like, oh, he didn't shit. actually. He didn't actually goof the line. He was speaking to Eddie Murphy in a dream, and if you notice, he actually mispronounced a lot of words in the dream. It was supposed to be part of like the him communicating through the dream. You sure? Because he like his face blanked and he stuttered and all that. Yeah, no, I I distinctly remember what you're talking about. If you go back and watch all the times he was communicating to him via dream, he was saying a lot of stuff incorrectly. Oh yeah, he was like saying Yarl instead uh-huh. of Jarrell. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, "Why okay. do you keep a uh, Why do you keep mispronouncing my name? Why you be doing that?" Is is Jarrell oh, with a J? Shit, you're yeah. right. Yeah, because Ajanti has a J in it, and he's he can't say <laughs> he can't say J's in the dream. What? Yeah. I don't know if it's some Tibetan satanic nonsense. I don't know, like, what, yeah, with him, you know, like, communicating with the devil and them fighting, like, the monks or whatever. If it has something to do with that and he just can't say J's, like, if it's, like, part of an ancient language that he originally spoke. We're getting too deep into Golden Child lore and we don't need to. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that was actually a conscious choice. He didn't flub his line. Oh, man, that makes Respect to Charles Dance. That kind of makes it. (laughs) good but i wish he would have just flubbed his line and they left it in <laughs> it's like the rest of that take was too good guys we're leaving that in and you know what's y- a yanti dagger <laughs> you know what add this to the list of movies we need to keep an eye out for add this to renaissance man you know what's another good charles dance movie that we need to get a hold of that's what we need to watch yeah last action hero oh yeah, yeah 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 yeah. that's a good movie yeah i've seen that that's actually really great and charles dance is really good in that too so cool playing the villain once again yeah. he's always the villain right has he ever like- played not a villain um, not to my knowledge. All right, so yeah. that was Golden a Child lo- news. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good ten minutes of tangents. I think we're back, baby. Yeah. All right. Well, let me uh, rattle off the games I played real quick. So okay. I rolled credits on Miles Morales. I have a little bit of post game content to go to. It took me, let's see, about a little over twelve hours to run through the main campaign, and okay. I was sauntering through. Right. So the reports of it being eight hours long, I think, are accurate if you just kind of like barrel through as fast as you can. Right. But you want to enjoy that. You want to save that, baby. That's right. So my, the last bite of this high class dessert, I will be partaking in tonight when I do my Saturday night mainstream. So episode seven will be the last episode. I think we're yeah. going to do the Bodega Cat, the famous Bodega Cat, Spider Cat episode because they, they saved that for post game. I didn't get the Spider Cat. Oh, did you see the uh, Miles Morales GameSpot review? Oh, the one where he was like... <laughs> the exact the way he jumps off the building... And with all the swagger of a black team. Exaggerated swagger of a black team. Just... <laughs> oh, no, he said just oozes with all the exaggerated swagger of a black team. I said, <laughs> what? Yeah, that got through several people and then was voice recorded and then was uploaded. And everybody was like, it's good. It's good. Right, it's good. Right. You know the worst part is? A black person, I mean, he's mixed, so it's probably more his white side, but a black person wrote that. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's uh, Spider-Man. Um, the, the exaggerated swagger, you know how those black teens are. <laughs> I want him, I want him to review like every single black property ever now. I just, right. I want him to. Uh... <laughs> and that's all you see anytime there's like a game that's got a black character in it. Yeah. And the comments are like. But does he have the exaggerated swagger, swagger of a black team? <laughs> oh, man. That man. is embarrassing. Yep. That poor kid. Yeah. He was over here trying to write a good review, and he just messed up. And nobody told him. He he needs more black friends is what he needs. Yeah, poor that, that kind of uh, makes me think about that guy that was on Jeopardy. Not Jeopardy. 
uh, Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. From IU. And he said, mythical hero, Achilles. Oh. <laughs> Instead of Achilles. Yeah. Ooh. I was like, oh, oh you lost ew. all that money. He, he needs more wit friends. Right. Oh, no. Speaking of Achilles, 80s. Oh. I rolled credits on that, which I think I already talked about, but I am about to conclude the second narrative arc in that game. The post-credits, post-game narrative arc. Post-credits, post-game. Yes. I'm actually pretty close to, I think, being not done to done 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 with it, because I think it's a game you can continuously play just for funsies. Mm-hmm. But I'm done with like unlocking. Like I already almost have all the faded list requirements done, and I've gotten all the the boons and the different legendary boons and duo, but all the rare stuff, you know. And the House of Hades is looking dipped and buttered because I got it mm. upgraded. The court musician is just wailing away. The lounge is looking fly, you know. The Fury sister Megara, she's into me. Ooh, you Megara. know what I'm saying? We date. We know her from the Hercules movie. Yeah, well, this is a different Megara for sure. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's I can see why it's the game of the year for a lot of people. It's such a different beast than Final Fantasy VII. I'll tell you this. If Final Fantasy VII didn't have the advantage of nostalgia and didn't affect me so emotionally, Hades would be my game of the year. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. that good. And it's a Switch exclusive, right? No, it's on Steam, oh. too. Oh, it's on Steam. Well, console exclusive. As far as consoles, it's a Switch exclusive right okay. now. Yes. Interesting. I imagine it will come to the other consoles because Supergiant has a history of releasing on PlayStation and xbox but uh, we'll see we'll see i think it's right at home on the switch i'll tell you that i think it's a really good switch game for sure so hyrule warriors age of calamity continues to be good lots of fun starting to really get into it starting to ramp up the amiibo functionality of that game is not great but i didn't expect Mm. it to be so the original hyrule warriors you could scan five amiibos a day and it would just get you random weapons or items for crafting or money right same thing here yeah, we actually uh, played that a bit, the original one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Which I, I liked it. I liked it. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, if you take to a particular character or you find a particular character kind of tough, remember there's that Warriors Dojo YouTube channel. They go through every single character in that game and tell you exactly how to play them, and it's super helpful. Cool. It's what got me to playing Sheik so effectively, and Zant, for that matter. Zant's a lot of fun once you learn how to play him. Okay. Cool. So just a uh, heads up there. And take your time on those adventure maps, because, oh my god, I've played that game for almost 400 hours, well, maybe 500 hours by now, Jeez. and I still haven't finished all the adventure maps, so mm. I did unlock all the costumes and all the weapons, which pleases me. This makes me happy. <laughs> this makes me happy. Happy. Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered. Spider-Nark. Playing yeah. that. It's good. Fresh face. Fresh, yeah. <laughs> well, that part's not good. How jarring is it? It... Well, he shows up in Miles Morales, of course, and of course, you know, all through Spider-Man. And I d- here's the thing I don't like about it. There was nothing wrong with the old face. I'm used to the old face. The old face, well, the face is the only thing that changed. And what I liked about the old face is it sold that Spider-Man was older and he had been through a lot. Yeah, he's tired, man. Yeah, he looks he looks tired, which he should, because he you know through the course of the game got evicted and was like couch surfing, and he was constantly trying to keep the city under control while it just continuously unraveled all around him because of the increase in like the gang activity between the demons, and then you had Silver Sable's group and all that. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was a rough patch in his life already. When he goes to mentor Miles, you can clearly see the age difference, right? You know, but now. 
him talking about past relationships with Mary Jane and him trying to mentor Miles and all this stuff looking like a baby. It's just like, who are you to tell somebody else? What are you like, 18? Right. You know, it's just, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not so salty that I'm going to go send death threats to anybody or anything like some people. <laughs> but I mean, every time I see it, I'm just like, I, I roll my eyes and I move on. I just accept yeah. it because so what can you do? Put your mask back on. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not into it and I've made my opinion known on that. So. The game's fun. I've been using photo mode again and taking little clips of fights and stuff and posting up on Twitter. Like, check this out. You know, there's still I still got it. Oh, yeah. I saw you doing a Miles Morales and salsa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I put that on TikTok. That was fun. Yeah, that's one of the you know, how like in original Spider-Man, you could walk around and press the punch button to like do finger guns and wave at people. Yeah. If you hold down the punch button, you can salsa. And it actually is surprisingly applicable because there's a lot of like areas where you go to like a rooftop party where people are dancing or there's like a mission where people are dancing at a festival and he just fits right in cool. it's wonderful <laughs> so yeah good times saucing with uh morales i do it all throughout the playthrough too <laughs> uh it's it's great i love that animation resident evil 7 i did that for friday night frights this week episode two went a little better than episode one i got killed by marguerite twice and, and finally defeated her on the third run she is a nasty, creepy bug lady who shoots bugs out of her front butt. Oh. So, oh, yeah. Ooh. She's got a big old bulbous bug sack hanging down from twixt her nethers. Yeah. It's uh, even grosser than what you're imagining right now. I bet. Actually. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you're never going to play the game, hop on a Twitch or YouTube. Check out episode two. I think you'll enjoy it watching mm-hmm. me suffer. I got scared. I actually... I let out a very bitchy scream last night. She got in my face and I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't mean to, but that's, that's the nature of the business, yeah. man. So, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then finally Something I played like a game. Missing. I had a chance. I'm like, Oh, Oh, Nathan filling yeah. fat package. <laughs> <laughs> I finally had a chance to play a game that you recommended recently. Cause we were talking about, you know, kingdom hearts, melody of memory. Uh, huh Theat Rhythm Final Fantasy Curtain Call. Yeah. I was playing that a bunch last night, having a ball with it. Man, it's so quiet. Like, all those songs. So yeah. Classic. Yeah, I played, like, you know, the regular song version. Then I did little little quests. My team, of course, was one character from 7, 8, 9, and 10. Because they were, like, mm-hmm. in the beginning, until you start to unlock things, you can only do songs from the games of the characters you pick in your original party. Right. And I was, like, 7, 8, 9, and 10 all right. day. You know? Mm-hmm. Don't need to do anything else. But then I got a chance to unlock other things. And then um, I did my first movie song thing for Final Fantasy XIV. And that was actually a lot cooler than I thought it would be. Yeah. And then getting nostalgic and doing some of the songs for like Final Fantasy II and Three actually hit me a lot more than I thought it would. And I had a lot of fun with that. So, yeah. I'm actually really happy I dusted off my 3DS to play that. Also, it got me to finally take my own advice. And I went and grabbed all my portables. Got a charge station set up. I charged them and I set a timer for every six months just indefinitely to remind me to charge them again. So that way I can keep all my uh, portables fresh. Sweet. I have two Game Boy Advances SPs, I think they were called. Yep. I have a Vita. I have a PSP and I have a 3DS and a DS Lite. So I got to keep all those bad boys fresh in case I need to use them. Yeah. Spoiler alert. I probably won't use them. Right. <laughs> Although I've been thinking, I've been having a hard time getting Ben into video games. Yeah. He's at that point where if he fails at something, he wants to give it up immediately because it just kind of, he can't deal with the hurt feelings of not being able to do something right away. Right. 
I was thinking about just handing him my Game Boy Advance and finding a game that like a baby game that would be easy for him to control and play around with and not have me hovering over him like he could just kind of work it out himself. Yeah. I don't know if I have a Game Boy Advance game like that. Can you think of any Game Boy Advance games that you think for a kid who's like kind of poorly coordinated might still be able to enjoy? I don't know. Besides like Mario and Donkey Kong. Yeah. Type stuff. But even those games can be a little. I mean, the timing's a little rough, yeah. yeah. And he can't read, so it can't be like a slow-paced RPG or anything. Right. I mean, I've got a bunch of Game Boy Advance games. I can see if there's one that might work. Let me know. I'm going to look around my collection again, too, and see if I can find anything. And then I'll, I'll try handing him one and see how he does with it. The best part is, is they're really old. One of them's kind of scratched up. My original one I sold, I wish I'd kept it. I had a red one that was immaculate. Mm. Uh, but then... Because of functionality and GameCube stuff, I went and actually got a couple. So I have a gray and a blue one, and they're both kind of less than gently used. Right. So if he messes one up, I don't care. Don't. That, that's helpful. All right. That's all I played this week. We are a little over time, but you know what? We're going to get into it. Gaming news. Yeah. What you got? Yeah. So currently, PS5 owners are being banned for mm. selling access to their PS Plus collection. Oh, to no. PS4 owners. How you do this? Yeah, so basically what they're... Do- well, they found some way to circumvent the protocols and everything. You know how hackers do. Mm-hmm. And uh, people that just want to make some money. Mm-hmm. Which I, I commend their... Uh, <laughs> ingenuity. Ingenuity, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, that's 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 crazy. PS5 users are getting a lifetime ban. Mm-hmm. And PS4 users are getting a two-month ban. And Sony is finding this out by if too many accounts log in... To the same, or if there are too many logins on one system or mm-hmm. one account mm-hmm. on different systems per day, then that account gets banned. Mm. So, yeah, okay. be careful if you're trying to make a little a little scratch on the side so you don't get banned, baby. You know, it's it's going to sound a little privileged to me to say, but I'm not that desperate, and I've had my run-ins with the law. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, and it's, it's not, not even, worth it, man. It's not even worth the uh, like the PS Plus collection are all games that are like under ten dollars. Yeah. Like, you can go out and find them for $10 or less, so. Uh, yeah, it, it really isn't that deep. Yeah. But, you know, people gonna do it. Yep, people uh, gonna do it. A UK scalper group by the name of Crep Chief Notify mm. says it has no regrets for reselling 3,500 PS5 consoles, claiming that it keeps food on its employees' tables. What do we think about that? Well, I'm sure murder, racketeering, and drug dealing does the same thing, but I wouldn't say that's necessarily something you can take pride in. Right, that's a very good point, sir. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so they went on to say, uh, these people have managed to cover their bills, put food on the table, and supply Christmas presents to their children. Mm-hmm. It may be unfortunate that a child won't wake up to a PS5 this Christmas, but another child may have woken up to nothing. We have no regrets. And I'm like, that's kind of a false equivalency. <laughs> yeah. It's just because yeah. a kid wakes up to nothing doesn't mean this other kid can't have a PS5. Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, no. I mean, at the end of the day... They can try to, like, moralize it by saying no one really needs a PS5. And that's true. But the thing is, you're messing with this economy and creating another one. And you're exploiting people's, like, desperation for this item. And then making money off of the hype, whatever. And the and the companies, they never really speak up or, or try to fight this either. That's the other thing, too. Because right. they like the fact that demand is driven up. So really what you're doing is helping corporations get richer. And you're exploiting people who have what I would call issues with self-control. 
It's yeah. I mean, you might as well just go ahead and start doing in, injecting microtransactions and crap, you know, and be a big corporation if you're going to act like one. Yeah. You know what I mean? That That's my take. I, I don't really like it. I think it's low down and everybody should have an opportunity and shot to get something if they've, you know, saved up the money or worked for it. But then to say, nah, you got to save up even more because, you know, forget you. I got mine. Like, mm-mm. yeah, and they were actually putting up Facebook ads to solicit people to get them more PS5s and they would make give them like a hundred plus pound profit on it. Right. No. Yeah. So I'm not yeah, with it's it. Crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. But yeah. Last thing, Square Enix just announced Saga Frontier Remastered will be coming to the Switch summer 2021. This is a remaster of a classic 1998 Square Enix JRPG for the PS1. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't got a chance to play it, then this is your chance. Because it's cool. a hard game to find. Yeah, I think it's on your classic that I hacked for oh, you. Oh, I'm sure it is. So All the RPGs. All yeah. of them. <laughs> you can check it out and co- compare notes, I guess. Yeah. Have you ever played any of the games from the Saga series? Uh, I've played Unlimited Saga, which was on the PS2. Yeah, I had and, that too. Yeah. That was easier to find, yeah. Right. So, you know, it's just like, it's kind of like Octopath Traveler, where you have multiple playable characters mm-hmm. that you can play different stories from. Yeah. Or they have their own story, so. The art style is kind of 2D and flat, too. Not obviously near as dynamic and diorama-like, but yeah, that's a good uh, apt comparison, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, summer 2021, let's get it. Cool, cool, let's get it. So speaking of Square Enix, some good news about a corporation doing some good that I will I will definitely applaud. They have confirmed to their employees that work from home will remain an option after the pandemic. Awesome. More companies need to do this. Yeah. I posted on Facebook or Twitter about this the other day. One of the silver linings of 2020 has been the outing of the lie of we can't do work from home. For a lot of people who have schedules that put them at a disadvantage or kids they got to pick up or who are disabled and or they live far away from where their job and it's hard for them to get to work. You know what I mean? Like work from home would have been a boon for them. And they were told constantly, no, it's just impossible. We can't do it. And not only can it be done. Not only do people thrive, not only does the work get done just as good, if not better, but it actually is cost-saving and beneficial to the company, too. Yeah. And unfortunately, it took this pandemic to show that to them, but I think a lot of companies are realizing, like, oh, we don't have to pay for electricity or office space or water or any of that. Yeah. We're good. So I, I want more people to realize this. My job is talking about reopening the office in June, which they they keep pushing it out like about six months. And then when when it arrived, like we get within a couple of months striking distance of that date and the pandemic is still raging, then they'll go, oh, um, reopening October. They'll just keep pushing it out. And they're, yeah. I, I don't think we're actually going to open in June. But I know this. I am going to fight like hell to stay home. At home. <laughs> yeah, because this is a great setup. If I can have this work from home set up and also go out and see my friends on occasion, my life is set. Like, I'm good to go. Yeah. So thank you, Square Enix, for seeing the light and yeah, doing something nice for your employees. Capcom. We mentioned Capcom last week in the Games League. The Hack. Yeah. I don't know if you knew this. I was looking into it a little further. The Hack also took a lot of personal info from employees, too. All? Yeah. <laughs> so it was a little bit more insidious than originally advertised. Not only wow. that... But the hackers threatened Capcom, trying to blackmail them for Capcom to pay them off or they would reveal the games. And Capcom was like, nah, we don't negotiate with terrorists. 
Right. Reveal the games. It was like, oh, you're going to reveal all these awesome games and create this hype that we don't have to adhere to because it's a four-year roadmap and roadmaps change all the time. Yeah, whatever. Do it. Right. Release the games. <laughs> now, why they didn't threaten Capcom with releasing of the personal info of their employees, I don't know. Glad they didn't. I'm glad nobody right. really discussed that. It was just threatening the games. That but the games came out. Criminal. Right? Yeah, yeah, that could be. Maybe that's part of it. But yeah, the games came out. We all know about them. We're hype. We know, like you said last week, that it's tentative. We can't really expect. But I mean, understanding that Resident Evil may become an annual franchise discovering the thing that we all already knew about super street fighter six right and learning also. some cool things like uh that they're actually looking seriously at mega man and power stone i'm all for it yeah Capcom's so. killing it man i say it we say it almost every week man Capcom cap god is killing it. that's right cap god is back baby yeah. there's been a <laughs> there's been a lot of buzz around the smash tournament community specifically the melee community lately you may have heard mm -hmm. that the slippy emulator they use to emulate melee at local tourneys has been banned by nintendo because they were setting up an online tourney because of the pandemic oh. and a lot of people were pretty pissed about that what do you think about nintendo's response um i mean it's their property they want to get you know the amount of so explain to me exactly like what, what that means. So they would emulate Melee to make it easier to, like, I guess, have the tournaments. And maybe they had to emulate it because it was they don't have like an online infrastructure. I think locally they would have their own copies. Right. And so they wanted to continue to have the tournaments because there's a robust, you know, Melee tournament community. Like, it's really robust. It's been going on for a really long time. There are Melee loyalists that... You know, a, a lot of the best Smash players that we know of, Mewtwo King, Hungrybox, all of them, like they still play those melee tournaments. Nintendo stepped in because you're using an emulator to, to play one of our games and providing it on a large scale because it's an online tournament. We're shutting that down. Right. Okay. My thing is they're not making any money off of melee right now. If they re-released melee with online features, it's likely this community would just buy that and use that. They're only doing this because they have no other option. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think, to me, I don't agree with it. I think it's kind of shitty. Like, I understand the idea of protecting their IP from piracy. But at the same time, if you don't make... People, most people don't pirate games because of the effort involved. But the thing is, if it takes more effort to play your games legitly than it does illegitimately, people are going to play your games illegitimately. That's just how it goes. Yeah. So it's on you to take this giant hoard of wealth and IP that you are sitting on like a dragon and not sharing with anybody and making that shit available. And Nintendo and PlayStation both are really bad about making their backlog available. Like Xbox seems to be the only company that has this shit figured out. Yeah. You know, the weird. Xbox actually, I know, right? Xbox, Microsoft makes it really easy for you to play any of their games on any of their systems. That's probably the one good thing about Xbox. They may not have any exclusives right now, but you can, you know, if you have any games from their back catalog that you want to play and you have an Xbox Series X or Series S, you can play them. Yeah. So that's something. Yeah, they need to do like they did with Mario 3D All-Stars. Yeah. Just print money. Like I was telling Vicky, some of these companies just have a license to print money. And they and just they don't, don't want to do it. And they just don't want to do it. Yeah. yeah. All it takes is, oh... Melee remastered for the Switch. Mm -hmm. Sell out. It will sell mm -hmm. out. Scalpers mm -hmm. will buy it. 
mm-hmm. regular people will buy it. Mm-hmm. Or it'll end up like Mario 3D All-Stars and it'll be 30 copies. <laughs> Every store. <laughs> oh, man. That, I can't wait that, to see that like go on clearance. Yeah, that gift keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. Maybe they thought if they flooded the market but also put an expiration date, they could still keep the price up, knowing that eventually the stock would go down. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows what Nintendo's thinking? Let's see. Last thing. So this was interesting and kind of applicable to me. Luckily, it didn't happen to me. But when Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity first came out, it didn't come out globally. It came out, you know, region by region. So Twitch streamers were actually getting banned on Twitch for playing the game that they bought legitimately on their region's release day. Wow. Like, Nintendo, stop. (laughs) Right. What is your deal? Yes, be nice, be cool. Be cool, Nintendo, be cool. Do what Genesis does. Not what Nintendo don't. Right. Or whatever. <laughs> so, I don't know. It, it sucks. What are you going to do? Nothing. Yeah, but that's pretty much all I have for gaming news. Okay. So, well, yeah. I think we know what time it is. Yeah. Not anime time. Oh. <laughs> it's time for what you're feeling. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I got ahead of myself there. <laughs> All right, so Derek, I I got just one question for you. I I just got to know, what are you thankful for this week? I am thankful for Dave <laughs> on Hulu. Dave on Hulu. Dave on Hulu. It is feeling Lil, it. It is the rapper Lil Diggy, his uh, first show, and mm-hmm. it is it's great. It's yeah. so funny. If you've watched any of his videos, you you'll know the type of humor that's in it. Just to, have you seen it? I've seen a, a couple of episodes. I didn't like it. You didn't like it, which is funny because I'm a little Dicky fan. I love his music videos. I think he's great. I love his freestyles on Sway. I don't know. I just didn't vibe with the show. Okay. I mean, I can understand that. It's just the uh, the awkwardness and the just kind of standoffishness of his character. Mm-hmm. It's just just it's so funny to me. I don't know. But the last episode, he does basically a little Dicky video. Mm-hmm. that it starts out and it's about jail him going to jail mm-hmm. and it's spoilers like, it's yeah it's it's one of the funniest things i've ever seen i might pop on just to see the last episode but yeah i try mm-hmm. to watch the first i don't like awkward humor if i'm too attached to the protagonist like i had a hard time watching meet the parents because <laughs> when they introduce ben stiller's character he's trying to very sweetly propose to his girlfriend you know, with like the kid, like he's a teacher, he teaches kids and he puts up the sign and I wanted him to succeed so badly because it just seemed nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the, and then the movie proceeds to shit on him for two hours and I couldn't handle it. I was like, I'm not enjoying this. Yeah. Especially in Meet the Fockers. Yeah. I have two, I have too strong of an empathic response. Like I can enjoy comedy, even some cringe comedy. Like I, I like the office, obviously. Right. If it's set up a certain way, but even the office was hard for me to get into. Like it took Kristen to kind of really go, no, just power through the first couple episodes. You'll get it. And I did. And I ended up loving it. But in the beginning, I was just like, this is awkward. I don't enjoy it. And I hear she's (laughs) finally watching Shit's Creek. So she finished it. She is actually watching it again because she loves it so much. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I've been popping in and, and like seeing snippets here and there. And I really like the mom and the way she talks. Like, yeah. ah, <laughs> Alexa. Alexa. Uh, 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 uh. Like they all like, have those weird little quirks to them. Yeah. And the thing is, her voice, I was telling Kristen about it last night. She is, she has created such a genius character because there's a fine line between like reality and genuine. 
and just full on parody and silliness to where like the character's a full on cartoon. Yeah. And she threads in between that needle to where her character's so ridiculous, but you believe she's a real person. It's mm-hmm. amazing. I can't yeah. believe it. Mm-hmm. So I'm impressed. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I'm feeling. Dave Hulu. Dave Vengeance. Hulu. Check it out. Yeah. He's a rapper. Yeah. He, so, he does he does he does raps. Yeah, so Michael, what are you thankful for this Thanksgiving? I am feeling slash thankful for my Sisma S I S M A 80 game storage case for organizing my Nintendo Switch cartridges. Oh yeah, I remember you showing me that. So this thing is compact. It's actually smaller even than the Switch case itself. It zips up. It's got hard leather on the outside. You can actually put Vita games <laughs> if you have them right. and like micro SDs or like memory cards in here. But I have filled this entire thing with physical switch cartridges and it's a little disgusting, but it cannot hold all of my physical switch cartridges <laughs> because I have more than 80 physical switch games. Why God, why? Right. Uh, <laughs> but the cool thing is, is I can take my 80 favorite games. Right. <laughs> Take your 80 favorite games with you. (laughs) I'm such an asshole. God, I'm such a privileged... favorite games. I'm such a privileged (laughs) asshole. If teenage self... If my teenage self met me now, I mean, A, he'd probably be happy and looking forward to it, but he'd also just be immensely disgusted with me. Yeah. Like, you forgot where you came from. The struggle. You only had one game, and it was a rental. (laughs) You had to rent it every single Friday, because you couldn't afford to buy the whole thing. Exactly. Oh man, it is expensive being poor. I feel you, young younger me. But uh, yeah, obviously I don't have eighty favorite games. It's eighty of my you know not least favorite games. So and like maybe like fifteen of my favorite. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I got them all here and I carry it around with me everywhere. I bought it back in May and it served me extremely well. Damn. Just to be like, you know, what games you know what should I bring over? I don't know all of them. All of them. <laughs> I mean, most of them. But yeah. Right. So yeah, it's been uh been serving me really well. I got it for super cheap. I got it for like seventeen bucks. You should buy another one. <laughs> oh my god, you're so right. hundred and sixty games. I'm not gonna do it, but you're but yeah, but I'm not gonna do it, but oh I you should could do like, it. you could like label it or separate it like by genre. Yeah, I actually have it the, the it come like the way the cartridges work, there are little sleeves. There's the back side of the case, the front side, and two sleeves in the middle with mm-hmm. uh games on either side. And I did kind of separate it by genre awesome. already. Yeah, yeah. And then I could Nerd. put my two physical Vita games that I have in, in the Yay. second one. You do you want to guess what my two physical Vita games are? Uh, probably some Japanese. Mm-hmm. East Origin. No. No. Is, no. it, is one of them an ease game? No. Because this is this is pre-ease when I was buying physical Vita games. Oh, okay. Final Fantasy X, Ten Ten Two HD Remaster? No. Okay, I don't know. What? <laughs> okay. So, the reason why I bought a Vita in the first place, Dynasty Warriors Next. Ah. And then the second one, just because I saw it on a random holiday sale one Black Friday years and years ago, Lego Lord of the Rings. Oh. So one gen- Not as good as the console version. Well, I would assume not. No, no. I thought it'd be a one to one because I mean Lego graphics, come on, you can yeah, yeah. you can do that. But no, no, it's way better on Xbox. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're actually at an hour pre editing, which I think is pretty good for our main show. I feel like what we're about to talk about next has become 
half the show and it really should just be an add-on to the show because not everybody has seen the animes we discuss and I don't want it to take over the show. So I'm liking the length now. Right. I'm liking it today. I think we should keep that up. It takes longer for me to edit, but some people are like, you know what? I don't want to ruin myself. I'm going to watch it later and I don't want them to have only a half hour of content. So I think we're doing pretty good. Yeah. And the reason why I think we're doing pretty good is because I'm feeling a lot more powerful right now. Power levels are rising. They're going up to 9,000 because it's time for the Derek X Mike Anime Challenge! Are you ready? That's right, we're talking about episode 10 of Berserk and episodes 27 through, wait, no, 28 through 30. (laughs) Oh my god, we're getting up there. A full metal alchemist brotherhood! So I gotta ask you, Derek, Berserk episode 10, how do? The name of episode 10 was called Nobleman. Nobleman. And so we start with Guts, all batman up on the roof. batman up. He sees Urius, the king's brother, training his son, Adonis, which we didn't know he had until now. <laughs> and Urius is giving Adonis a real hard time. They're training. He's knocking a sword out of his hand. He's like, you are a piece of shit, and you need to do better, and I can't believe this. And you're supposed to marry Princess Charlotte. And I was like, wait a minute, Princess Charlotte, that's his cousin. I don't, okay, whatever. <laughs> hey, if it's good enough for Rudy Giuliani, it's good enough for Adonis. Right. Ew. And uh, so Urius is real frustrated because of everything that's going on with Griffith. And he's working uh, Adonis really hard. And yeah. Like, oh, and Gut season, he's like, he kind of feels for this kid because it reminds him of him and Gambino. Gambino. Mm-hmm. And so Guts then plops into the room mm-hmm. <laughs> he plops into the room and assassinates yeah. Urius. and it's very bloody it's one one sword strike across the chest down to the abdomen blood mm-hmm. splatters everywhere mm-hmm. you know that that nice anime spray yeah and then of course adonis sees guts through the doorway and yeah guts, he like bust in yeah yeah and guts doesn't seem to realize that this is a child and he completely runs his sword through him. And then afterwards, he has the <laughs> he has the the guts to be like, "It's okay, I'm here." <laughs> it's like, well, of course you're here. You just ran a sword through my chest, sir. Yeah, but- that scene was messed up. So you know, he waited until Urius was alone. He assassinated him. He saw briefly that somebody saw him, and he's like, "Griffith told me I can't be seen." Right. So, like you said, he just does like a a devil may cry stinger across yeah. the room, and like impales this kid against the stone wall just outside the chamber of the room he was in, and the kid can do nothing but cry and reach out to guts, and guts like sees that, and his natural empathic response is to grab his hand and just be with him in his final moments. And I was like, that is fucked up. Yeah, it was. It was I was like. Fuck. It was no, it's rough. <laughs> yeah, and so guts, of course, was seen, and uh-huh. soldiers start coming up the stairs, and he just starts massacring like twenty soldiers. Just yeah, like, yeah. Is, I said this is the sloppiest ass assassination I've ever seen. This yeah. is like one of my runs on Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yeah, like guts may be reliable. I could get why Griffith would pick him for the job, but he is not. I would have picked Judo to be honest. Yeah, he's not very uh, graceful. He's not graceful. He's not sneaky. No, uh, no. You might as well send a bear to assassinate Urius. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing in my chambers? <laughs> Mr. Bonkers, I would like you to get off of that circus ball and assassinate the general, please. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how to do that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so uh, Guts is like, again, he's killing like all the castle guards. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Just trying to get the hell out of there. Yeah, then he then he jumps a jumps a wall and then he gets hit with an arrow on the arm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he finds a sewer, jumps down in there, and then he ends up hitting his head, and he's all like the back of his head is all bloody and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then he wakes up from a dream that he had about Gambino and himself, and he sees Gambino being killed by Zod, mm-hmm. which it then re- then it kills Guts, and then it reveals that the Zod's face was actually Guts' face, and it looks like all like evil and sharp teeth and everything. Dun, dun, dun. So yeah, basically Guts is like seeing himself as a monster now because he's killed this kid yeah as if he hasn't like i get it killing a kid is different than killing like like an innocent kid yeah but it's just it's you know that's kind of odd i mean it sometimes you can do some foul shit and then it just takes that one moment for you to reflect back and go oh my god what have i become yeah (laughs) i mean he's been in survival mode for so long you know yeah it's true and uh guts wanders back to the banquet hall that the rest of the band of the hawk are in and he's like, where's Griffith? He's all bloody and jacked up, dirty and beaten mm. up. And they're like, he's at the uh, party that the print, that the king is throwing. Yeah. And so he goes there. Casca follows him. And Griffith is actually talking with the princess like by a fountain. And Casca's like, stop, Guts. Are you going to go talk to him looking like that? Because he's all just yeah, like, disheveled. He looks disheveled. Yeah. Very bad. And she's like, he, don't you cock block Griffith? He's up there trying to mack on the princess. Right. And he really <laughs> is. Like, Griffith is, whew. Yeah, he's going for it. Smooth Mac player, baby. Yeah, he's trying to get in that royal family. (laughs) And Charlotte's like, when I first saw you, I thought you were just like all these other noblemen. But then when you taught me how to play the reed, I just knew there was something sweeter and blah, blah, blah. I love love that about you. And Griffith then goes off on a tangent, much like Mm -hmm. we do here on the show. Mm -hmm. And he starts talking about his dreams and friendship and guts overhears. And Griffith basically says that a man... For a man to be his friend, he has to have his own dreams that he's willing to fight for. Mm-hmm. And he can't just blindly follow me. A man that follows me blindly is not a true friend. Mm-hmm. Or something to that effect. And Gus yeah. is just like, oh, money. <laughs> you mean to tell me <laughs> I done yeah. did all this shit for you and we're you don't even consider us friends? Yeah. Well, this is yeah. an extremely, extremely important scene. Oh, yeah. Because this starts guts down the path of if I truly am to be Griffith's friend, I need to discover what my own dream is and I need to follow it regardless if it goes against Griffith's dream or not, because that's the only way we can truly be friends. Now, I think Griffith, he probably does truly believe this, but I also think he's talking shit because we've seen him go against his own dream or his own best interest in guts its favor before. And that's yeah. what pisses Casca so much off about Guts. But so I think, it, I think it's more so that he realizes that Guts can help him achieve his dream. No, because think- he can't achieve his dream if he's dead. And he, he risks his life and does unnecessary things and service to save or preserve Guts. I think more than when any other soldier, regardless of how skilled they are. Because Guts is not the only skilled soldier in his army. True. You know, like He is the uh, most skilled. Yeah, and and again, I mean, it's it's something we can go back and forth about for sure, and there could be a little bit of truth in column A and column B. Right. But I, I think ultimately, and you'll see this as the series goes on, because I have the benefit of hindsight, of course. Right. But but yeah, I, I think this is an extremely important scene, because this starts guts down a path, a divergent path from Griffith that's going to come to a head, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. And so now with Urius dead... Griffith is the general of the White Dragon Knights, as well as the Band of the Hawk. Mm-hmm. Got promoted. Good yeah. job. And I, I was looking for his name, but I can't find this guy that was the, I want to say, the priest of the court. 
The one that was plotting with Urius to kill Griffith, or that planted that seed. I think his name is Faust, but I can't remember yes, 100%. You're talking yes. about the small egghead yeah. guy, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. So Faust confronts Griffith, and he says, I heard this odd rumor that the arrow that was meant for the princess was meant for you. Any truth of And Griffith just is unshaken. He's like, well, that's quite the rumor, but if that mm-hmm. were the case, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. And he's just, he basically is just, he's unbothered by what he said. And so Faust looks at him, and he's like, Wow, he's completely unshaken. Maybe he didn't do it. No, it'd be too favorable of a situation if he didn't do it. And then he said, maybe he knows that I did it. No, there's no way. There's no way he can know. And then he starts walking out into the hall, and then he sees Griffith giving him that stare, that same stare. Give him that Urius <laughs> eyes, man. Yeah, Ooh, boy. Like, oh, my God. Dude. You know, messed up asking about it, Faust. You could have kept your egghead mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. And that's where the episode ends. It ends with the Griffith stare mm-hmm. and go- them going off into... The battle that will end the war, essentially, is what they cast yeah. were saying. Yeah, the the main, I think they're taking a major point, I think, between the two countries, like yeah. a major stronghold that they haven't ever been able to successfully take. Right. So. So, yeah, Griffith eyes. You don't want them. <laughs> once you get them Griffith eyes, your day's numbered, baby. Mm-hmm. You don't want them. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into Full Metal then. Uh, but well, before we do, what, what did you think? How, how are you enjoying it so far? I really, really like this episode. Okay. Really, really. I actually loved it. It's okay. probably my favorite episode so far. It's a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really worth it because you're getting to the point now where things are going to start to pop off. Like you talked about how I had to get to episode 19 and then things are starting to kind of roll and they really are. I think this is the part where it starts to roll with with Guts's, you know, Golden Age arc. Yeah. So cool. it's good good stuff. All right. So speaking of which, we're going to episode twenty eight of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, Father. Ooh. So Alphonse and Gluttony arrive at Father's lair, where Edward, Ling, and Envy just burst out of Gluttony's stomach. He's like, what? They just all bust out. I was like, is is Gluttony going to die? But he's right. fine. <laughs> right. Father like sees them and he just like he's unfazed and unbothered. And you can tell he's just all powerful. He uses his powers that he has to cancel Edward and Alphonse's alchemy, rendering them completely ineffective. I thought at first that all he did was take the truth from them so they'd have to draw a circle. Right. But I don't I think later on in, in, in later episodes, it's proven that that's actually not the case. So it makes what happens next even weirder. Ling is captured. And they decide they were going to just kill him. Right. But then he's like, he's pretty strong. I think I might give him a philosopher's stone. And, and Ling oh, is like, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. My favorite quote. He's, he Ling is like, I can tell he looks down on us like ants or he thinks humans are fools. And then father says, when you look at down at an ant, do you stop to consider it a fool? <laughs> he was like, yeah, even less so. But you're getting there. Right. <laughs> that actually is a pretty good quote. So yeah, Ling accepts, even though like you know Edward's like, no, don't do. But I mean, the whole reason why Ling came from his home country is because he was trying to unlock the secret of immortality. He knows that's tied to the philosopher's stone, and he's like, I want it. So they give it to him, and he goes inside his own head. So you can see like the process of how a philosopher's stone takes over a body, and greed is its own personality. And Greed like confronts him and they have a conversation and Ling's like, whatever, take my body, I don't care. Ling seems to think that he can somehow regain control after this, which mm-hmm. I think is a little bit folly. Scar and May actually get done fighting through the chimeras and arrive and they start to fight Father. They're still able to use their alchemy, 
This is partly why I thought Ed and Alphonse just needed to draw their alchemy circles again mm-hmm. because Scar has his alchemy circles written on his arm, his destruction, and May is still doing her little shuriken throwing knives pentagram circle thing that she uses. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Edward tells Scar that Envy's the one who triggered the Ishvalan civil war and Scar just goes straight at father, but his alchemy doesn't actually work on father. Like he has him, he has his head in his destruction hand and it just doesn't work. Yeah. And Scar's shook. He's, He's like, like I can tell you're transmuting, but how? Right. Interesting. So May is fighting and gets injured by gluttony. And Scar uses a hydrogen explosion, like using the water around them as a diversion so they can both escape. Edward starts battling with greed, but he quickly gets his ass kicked because he doesn't have any alchemy. And he senses that Ling could still be inside greed. And so he's not giving up on trying to convert him. That's like his whole dynamic. Envy and Gluttony go ahead and go after Scar, May, and Alphonse. But Scar creates another explosion. It almost kills Gluttony. And he ends up having to use the last of his regenerative abilities because, again, he got a lot of damage. So he's pretty much out the game for a second. Father extracts Gluttony's Philosopher's Stone and absorbs it into himself, promising to revive Gluttony with his memories intact at one point. Which is the same thing he just did for Greed, so we know that's possible. Right. And that's pretty much the end of the episode. We get to episode 29, Struggle of the Fool. Envy leads Edward and Alphonse out of Father's hideout, which is directly under Central Command Headquarters, because of course it is. And May and Xiao May are actually hidden inside Alphonse's armor since, since May was injured. And that way he can keep her safe and secret while they're you know in the enemy clutches. And Envy escorts them to Bradley, who's still hanging out with Mustang. Mm-hmm. And Bradley reveals directly to them that he is indeed Wrath. Edward tries to resign from the state military. He uh, just throws down his watch and he's like, I don't want to be a part of it. But Wrath immediately goes, yeah, I'll kill Wenry though. So right. maybe so not quit. Keep that. Yeah. And <laughs> Alphonse kind of pleads with Wrath, like if they can continue their research to get their bodies back. And Wrath's like, yeah, whatever, as long as you don't interfere with our plans and you're there when we need a sacrifice. Bradley denies killing Hughes when Mustang asks him about it, but he does not name who the killer is. And I'm, I'm hoping that Edward Alphonse will tell him soon, but they haven't right. so far. Meanwhile, Scar encounters Marco, who is imprisoned, you know, underneath the area he's trying to escape, you know, where, where father was. And Marco admits to being involved with the experimentation and the extermination of the Ishvalans, where they took Ishvalan prisoners and creative philosopher stones. Yeah. So, yikes. <laughs> uh, later, later on, Mustang reveals Bradley's true identity to Armstrong, who is at the post when he's looking for Hawkeye. And Armstrong's already wondering that there might be somebody controlling Bradley, but he's like, nah, that's Bradley. It's just him. Right. Alphonse takes May to be treated by Knox, who is kind of shitty. He's like, I'm not a, you know, a 24 hour clinic. I'm already got my bed taken up. Now May's going to sleep on my couch. Where the hell am I supposed to sleep? Right. <laughs> And he has a message from Greed, who I, I guess Ling wrote something in blood in his home language for Lan Fawn. Mm-hmm. So Greed just hands it over and he's like, yeah, you can have this message. So Alphonse gives it to Lan Fawn and it basically just says that I got a Philosopher's Stone. And she's really happy about that. But Alphonse is like, yeah, but he also yeah. got taken over by Greed. I she's like, blood. <laughs> Yeah, and she's like, I need an arm. Stat! Right. <laughs> she's, she's got to go out there and kick some ass. 
Edward, hearing that other alchemists failed to transmute at the same time his abilities were blocked by father, now wonders even more, and this has got me wondering now, how Scar and May were still able to use theirs. He concludes it's just got to be a different type of alchemy. And now he's like, I need to know what that, I need to learn that shit, right? right. Which makes sense because if he can learn that, then if he confronts father or the uh, homunculi again, he won't be so disadvantaged. Yeah. Meanwhile, Marco does ask Scar to kill him. But Scar just, he's like, I need to know more about your involvement in the Civil War, and I need to get more of this backstory. So we get an expansion of that conversation in the next episode, episode 30, The Ishfallen War of Extermination. Oh, such a good episode. It's a pretty decent episode. It gives a lot of backstory about the individual alchemists in the war and how, you know, that all played out, which, again, makes you understand a little bit more about the good state alchemists, which of which there are few. Mm-hmm. And why they even participated and what their thoughts were during the extermination of an entire people. Mustang's desire to become a state alchemist was immediately disapproved of his teacher, who was dying. His teacher was Hawkeye's father, Bertold Hawkeye. Yeah. And he had discovered the ultimate like flame alchemy technique that he refused to teach Mustang. Before he dies, he does ask Mustang to look after his daughter. And she's the one that has the details of the flame alchemy research. Tattooed on her back, actually. Mm -hmm. Shoot back to the present. Edward returns Riza Hawkeye's gun. He explains that he was unable to pull the trigger in the moment that he needed to when he lost his alchemy. Marco reveals to Scar that after the Civil War had continued for seven years, Bradley signed a document approving the extermination of Ishvalans. The killing took an emotional toll on many state alchemists and soldiers, mainly focusing on Hughes and Mustang and a little bit on Hawkeye. They kind of get together and discuss it. Marco talks about how he was involved in using the Ishvalans to make a philosopher's stone, and that stone was actually given to one of the state alchemists, Major Salf J. Kimbley. That's the guy that had killed Scar's brother and had used a really powerful alchemy. Now we know it's because he was augmented by a philosopher's stone. Right. The Ishvalan leader pleaded with Bradley to end the civil war by offering up his life but his request was rejected bradley had this long diatribe like oh you're so full of yourself you think that your life is worth the lives of all those other people a human life is worth a human life and that's it right i was like damn yeah it's cold it was cold as ice he was just standing there the whole time too and his mind just thinking what have i done mm-hmm. <laughs> when the civil war finally ended mustang resolved to become a new fuhrer to protect the people and he appointed Hawkeye as his second in command. Hawkeye tells Edward that when they finally achieve peace, they may be punished for their crimes they committed during the war because in order to create an ideal society, they're going to give power back to parliament and make it not a military state. And that everybody who participated in the war crimes needs to be punished, including them. Yeah. So that's kind of rough. Envy checks Marco's prison cell, finds a beheaded corpse with the word vengeance written in blood on the wall. Yeah, so, very edgelordy. Yeah, Scar, uh, after he got his information, he decided to do what he do. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that is where we ended things. We got a lot of context for the war. I mean, this whole thing with the military taking over Amestris and then going after Ishval, it was all orchestrated in the service of Father's research, creating Philosopher's Stones, and just gaining power. Yeah. And I don't know 100% what Father's motives are, other than something nefarious and having to do with a complete disregard for human life. But we now know the military is rotten to the core, that Amestris is a lie and needs to be liberated just as much as any other nation. We also know that in Jing, 
the emperor is very obsessed with immortality and unfortunately also may have nefarious reasons. So mm-hmm. Ling and Mei being so driven to help their people with uh, immortality, maybe for the wrong reasons or the reasons they don't fully understand themselves. So all this is starting to play out. I'm looking forward to checking out, you know, the next few episodes and seeing where this goes, but it's, it's heating up. Yeah. So what are your uh, theories on father? Oh man. I know he's linked to Hohenheim so, somehow because they look exactly alike and he knows who Hohenheim is, right? Right. Uh, he didn't know that Hohenheim had kids, which is interesting. When he met Edward and Alphonse, he was like, oh, so Hohenheim had I kids, no eh? I do you had children. Interesting. And they're just like, why? You look just like him. I, I don't know. I know that he, again, he'll kill anybody that gets in his way. He is... He uses the military to recruit very powerful people, or at least alchemically talented people, for sacrifices. And I'm guessing a sacrifice may just mean homunculi, or it could mean strengthening the power of a philosopher's stone for a homunculi. Maybe both. I don't know. But he's creating an army of loyal sins, sins, you know, that he has to do his bidding. And he... Maybe his power is not infinite you know obviously he's extremely powerful he doesn't have to pray or do any symbols or anything to do his alchemy and it's leagues above anybody else's maybe he's immortal and he sustains his himself and his power through these philosopher stones i got no idea man yeah. i mean it's anime it could take a left turn at any point it's taking right. so many left turns already i've spun around i'm dizzy i don't know what's going on <laughs> <laughs> so, it's all right though man yeah it's, it's bananas so all right well that is our show but if the people are into checking out your pickups, learning more about what you got going on, just following you, where can they find you at? You can check out all my sweet, sweet pickups, video games, toys, anything that brings you joy on ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more. Christmas time is coming up, so you're going to want to check that out. You can follow me on Instagram at gamer goodies more and on Twitter at goodies underscore more. All right. And if you want, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Peterson AL. I Twitch stream every week at twitch.tv slash mcpaperstacks. Mondays, I do Brawlers and Warriors games. Right now, I'm playing through the story of Age of Calamity, and that's at 9 Eastern. Fridays, I do horror games. Right now, I'm trying to play through Resident Evil 7. I'm not sure if I'm going to finish it or not, but I'll be playing that next Friday, and that's at 10 p.m. Eastern. Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays is the mainstream. The last episode of Miles Morales is already up, episode 7, so check it out and the rest of the show if you're interested. Tuesday, I'm starting Doom Eternal, and I don't know if I'm going to finish Doom Eternal, but I'm going to play that until Cyberpunk comes out on December 10th, and that's what we're switching to for the mainstream. Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, if you are so inclined to join me and say hi. If you want to check out future episodes or current episodes of our podcast, they're uploaded every single Sunday, and the hub is anchor.fm slash player2 has entered the pod. You can also find us wherever podcasts are located. That's Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. You can email us with feedback, questions, comments, concerns, criticisms at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com. And if you're on Facebook, I have a Facebook group that I run, facebook.com slash groups slash indie gamers. Awesome. Ooh, that was a long that was longer than usual. Yeah, yeah, it's an hour and a half before editing, so we'll see how it breaks down. But I enjoy myself. It's always good to catch up with you every week, Derek. And I hope everybody else listening enjoys the show. And we will catch you next week. Bye-bye. See ya.